Before I begin today's episode, I would just like to give a special thank you and recognition to Kendra. Kendra is our first and currently only $10 slash 10 euro Paddy Mion tier member over on patreon.com slash Ireland and beyond. If you join our Patreon, not only are you supporting me as someone who doesn't get any coronavirus unemployment, hasn't had a musical gig in over a year, not only will you be supporting me, but you will get early access to the audio episodes, your own RSS feed for the audio episodes, you will get video only episodes that the public do not get and you will get stickers as well and I also read out your name so if you want to support me and you like the podcast please consider joining patreon.com slash Ireland and beyond or visit Ireland and beyond podcast.com for more information I also ask that if you can't support me financially please consider leaving a five-star review and a nice little write-up on iTunes as well. It really helps with the metrics. Thanks, folks. And now back to this week's episode. Chief Galair, folks, you're very welcome to another episode of the Ireland and Beyond podcast. And joining me today is Fionathan. You heard that right. It sounds like Fear Nothing, and that's their slogan. It's a father and son duo composed of Fionn and Jonathan Angus. You're very welcome to the program, guys. How are you? We're great. Yes, we are. Thank you for having us, Patty. Thank you for coming on. To set the context, I obviously met you guys. Um, I was out busking probably the Christmas before this one, obviously, and... um, Mm -hmm. You yeah. guys, we shared spots or whatever, and uh, somewhere along the way, yeah. I noticed you had an American accent, uh, Jonathan, and we started to talk about Michigan because I had spent a few summers in uh, Southwest Michigan. That's where my mom's from, and my uncle John mm-hmm. and Ellen and my aunt Ellen, they're probably listening to this from Michigan as well. So you've got some hometown, uh, hometown heroes here. And then Fionn, you're just a fascinating guy, so I had to talk to you, and you're funny <laughs> as well. You know, you've got it I'll all. Thank you. Oh, you, Paddy. <laughs> Thank you. And um, so I was like, "Yeah, I gotta, I gotta get these guys on the show." So brilliant. Well, thank you for having us on. We're really yeah. looking forward to this, and we're we're happy to be. Uh, as if I understand correctly, some of your first guests, early yeah. guests, anyway. You're you're the definitely the you you guys will be out in some point around Valentine's Day, I think. So get the boxes of chocolates ready. <laughs> anyway, um, we'll jump straight into it. For those that maybe aren't familiar with you guys, um, you you do a lot of stuff, so much stuff. Like I was reading on your guys' website, and it felt like the entire website of Wikipedia because there's music, there's comedy, there's you know education, there's philanthropy, there's activism. I mean, you do it all. Um, but how I know you guys uh-huh. is from the music. So, Fionn, I'll ask you the first question. How old were you when you yeah. started playing music? Well, well, well so I, I, I grew up in a very, in a very musical family and I attended 
and I attended the local dino school in County Clare. They have a lot of music there, don't they? Yes. I I told my mother I that I wanted to learn the the violin when I, when I was eight years old. Um. So she she found a second-hand half-size fiddle and got me weekly lessons. My my dad's a music instructor, but but he doesn't doesn't know the first thing about playing a violin. <laughs> Do you ever hear that old joke? What's the difference between a violin and a fiddle? What is it? Where we get a fiddle has beer on it. <laughs> we Any? have heard that uh, one. Yes, we have. <laughs> That's pretty good, actually, Paddy. <laughs> it's just an old street joke, but I'll take credit for it on this show anyway. Plagiarism. No, don't plagiarize. Um, anyway, so the other avenue of uh, entertainment you guys pursue is comedy. So which did you start out with, Fionn? Did you start out with music first or was it comedy first? Well, I only started doing comedy when I was twenty-one, with a set, with a set at B Bright Club, that was here in Galway, wasn't it? Yeah, yes, here in Galway. Less than a, a year later, my dad and I had a seven-night run at the Edinburgh Fringe, Fringe Festival. Yeah, and that was uh, 2019. Yeah. Uh, with the most recent Fringe, I guess, because they didn't have a Edinburgh Fringe at all last year. Yeah. Yes. Music is very comfortable f for me. And and I know, and I knew I can, I, I know I can earn money busking for, Whenever and wherever I want, I, I've played. I, I've played from the Amazon rain rainforest to Stone Town in Zanzibar. From A to Z. Yes. <laughs> Locations all around the world, but, but I like. But I like the new talent of com of comedy. When I'm performing com comedy, there's usually a, a bit of music in it. That's nice to mix the two. I, I assume it goes well. I haven't seen. I've seen. I think I saw one of your guys' sets, probably the most viewed one online, and it was quite funny. And we'll touch on that later on, but uh, I know you, you, one of your punchlines was that most people in the world are, as you put it, 
chromosome deficient, which I just thought was uh, was very clever. Yeah, Fian said yeah. he's chromosomally abundant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, uh, we both have an admiration for Damien Dempsey, and I actually saw, before I met you guys, I had saw, seen your um, catchphrase, what do you love about your life? I saw your clip with Eamon DeBarra, but I didn't realize, like, when I met you, that that's, you know, I, it took me a while to put the two together. So, um, do you have any favorite uh, Damien Dempsey songs? Oh, yes. Well, I, 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 I can think of one right now. That, it's all good. That's a great one. Oh, yes, it is. Because um, the the reason why I, I chose that actually is that at the end of demo shows, the the people of the audience then the the then then would. Uh, Keep singing all we'll over and over. Yeah, we'll keep singing over and over. Love yourself. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's quite powerful, and for a man with such kind of like a a rugged stature, like he always jokes that uh, he should be someone's bouncer or something. But for someone who's seen this <laughs> kind of like a a tough guy, you know, a lot of his music is yeah. quite emotional. Yeah. And I've got, yeah. I've got. Busting out of here, tattooed on my arm. Uh, 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 uh. He's he's a shaman of the heart. That's it. That's it. He's a remarkable fella, and uh, mm. I think he's one of the best voices in Ireland um, today too. Now, Fion, I'm gonna have you take a back seat, and I'm gonna pick your dad's brain for a minute, if that's okay. Even oh, though yeah. Way more questions for you. I'm not picking favorites here, but uh, um, anyway, so Jonathan, obviously you and I both have a coffee. And Fionn mentioned that you're a music instructor. What is it that made you end up in Ireland? Oh, it's a sad story. An Irish lass <laughs> brought me over. <laughs> yeah, that, w that would be my mother, actually. Indeed. <laughs> well, I... But growing up, Ireland was always a magical place in my imagination. Uh, but I had to move west first. You said that I, I um, grew up in Michigan. And here's a crazy fact I learned when I was preparing for this. From Detroit, Michigan, to San Francisco, where I moved to, 2,393 miles journey. And I was there for about five years. But in the middle of that, well, I, I had a job as a nanny for uh, a family. The father was a vice president at Microsoft, so they had ridiculous amounts of money. And they owned a house in Hawaii, and I ended up moving with them out to Hawaii to take care of their kids there. And the journey from San Francisco to Hawaii is... 2,393 miles, so exactly the same amount of distance further west before moving back to California, and that's where I met Veronica, and um, well, then eventually we made our way here to Ireland. That's, uh, 
didn't sound like a sad story the way you put it, but I'm sure behind the scenes, <laughs> it, it is. It's quite fascinating. Like, you know, th there must be. A, you must have a guardian angel that's a cartographer or something, because uh, it's mad. Like the distance of it being exactly 2,393 miles, and that's the same distance. Between yeah, I didn't even know. Is that the same distance between Ireland and and uh, New York as well? I think or something. Maybe I'm. Confused. It may be, you know, I didn't, I didn't check that because we, I then moved from, uh, from the Twin Cities when, when Veronica and I were dating, and I was just finishing up my teacher training in the Steiner Walder Schools method. We did come over uh, to a, visit a school in East Clare, and um, well, it, it wasn't great. We were here for two weeks, and Veronica, I remember on the plane back to America, said, I forgot how much it rains in Ireland, because there was no stop in the rain for those entire two weeks. And the only place we could find, the school was fine. It was nice. I ended up uh, teaching there in the long run, and Fionn went to school there. Yeah. But this was before you were born. Yes. And the only, um, uh, the only place for rent that the local realtor had was a small old cottage that shared a um, like a concrete um, uh, ground with a working cattle barn and there was mold growing up the walls in the kitchen and he said oh yeah that's what people around here live in and so <laughs> it was a bit of culture shock and I decided instead that I would take the job teaching in Minnesota and your mom was with me there, yeah. right? And um, But then she found out she was pregnant and was miserable, frankly. She missed her, uh, her eight brothers and sisters back here in Ireland. And um, I had just made this commitment to this job where I was expected to teach there for eight years. And she said, but I'm moving back to Ireland. So um, for Fionn's first five years of life... Yeah. Uh, Veronica and I were co-parenting from, what is that, three or 4,000 miles away, distance from each other. And you had more frequent flyer miles than any other baby yeah. around. Yes. <laughs> so eventually, um, at the age of five, was when I finally moved over and joined them. And um, hitched. We got married then. Um, I mean, it's a little strange to get married when the child is five, but we... Um, well, we figured we like each other enough, and, and it was much easier, of course, if uh, in terms of me getting citizenship. And we just felt like, well, to raise a child, you know, we might not have actually got married if it wasn't for Fionn. But it felt like, well, that's a good project for us to do together. Yes, and so, <laughs> so that was really, um, it doesn't sound romantic at all, but uh, but it worked out pretty well. Yeah, it yeah. did, yeah. There is um there is a genuine element of like love between you guys. Like whenever I see a post on Instagram or just see you guys in person, even talking to you now, you know, there is an energy of love radiating radiating from you guys. So um fair play to you mm -hmm. for, for working all the all the kinks out because I think it's it's worked out happy for, for everyone from what I can tell. So fair play. Yeah, that's really nice of you to say. Yeah, I, I think it was it, it's what makes our project work. You know, we're a, we're a father and son, but um, when Fionn was going through his um, teenage years, it, he didn't sort of um, 
uh, you know, reject me and want to get as far away from his parents as possible, as most of us do when we're teens or in our 20s. You never, you never kind of um, got fed up with me. I mean, mind you, we fight plenty, so <laughs> I don't mean yeah. to suggest otherwise. But at the same time, like, we really enjoy one another's company. Yeah. And I personally can just add, I just feel so fortunate to have such a great fella to be um, sharing the ride with, you know, to yeah. be going through life with. So, um, yeah, it's it, it really is. Uh, um, I, I feel very blessed. I feel like we got a wonderful thing happening for the two of us. Yes. I'm very blessed. Yes, indeed. Yeah. <laughs> How are you guys um, finding, uh, obviously, we're in lockdown three here for those that aren't from mm -hmm. Ireland, but it's more or less like it was in March in terms of restrictions. Uh, even schools mm -hmm. are back online now. But um, this is something that we've all, in, at least in Ireland, have been dealing with for quite some time. Uh, comedy and music, what are the other hobbies, Fionn, that you would have that kind of just keep you tipping around during lockdown? Um, well, the other thing that interests interest me is wildlife, is wildlife, it's wildlife research and education. We were really lucky, actually, because we were in County Clare with Veronica, the three of us as a family, yeah. um, during the, those first few months of, um, the, first of the pandemic. Lockdown. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and this kind of stay within two kilometers, stay within five. We, we, were, we were happy as can be. Really. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, we were terrified, of course, like yeah. everybody else. Yeah. But... Um, but but the idea of being able to go out in nature and, yeah. and even though Fiona had always been a big fan of wildlife and walks and observing uh, animals and birds and such, we just we went so much deeper and we learned so much more by doing these daily walks in the immediate area. And um, and then last summer, where where did we move to? Where are we now? Well, we we now live in. Go in wonderful, beautiful County Galway. Well, in the city, right? In the city, yeah. yeah. So we used to have a, Fionn had a, an apartment here for four years in Duishka. And, um, and then uh, at the end of last year, he, he moved out of that place. And then only in mm, end of May, wasn't mm. it? Yeah. He moved into this place that's uh, just a couple of hundred meters from Galway Bay. So yeah. so what do we do every day? Oh, uh, we go bird watching every day. And that that's since things got really cold until uh, yeah. until mid October we were going swimming every day in yeah. the bay. Oh wow. And that that was pretty incredible and we did go on Christmas day. Oh, we had yeah. one plunge since uh since the ocean got really cold. And uh, yeah. we didn't stay in for long. Right, but we did have my 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 mother hold the the towel for us when my dad and I take the the polar plunge. <laughs> yeah. So so um so Fionn has his own apartment here, and I live in it too. So you could say, well, it's not Fionn's apartment; it's both of ours. But really, mm. we make we make a point of um this being your place. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And Fionn's name is the only one on the lease, and yeah. um. 
when we've talked to landlords and talked to the the city housing department, we say, look, yeah. Fionn lives independently and yeah. I'm there to help out. So Fionn needs a second bedroom in his place uh, until you get to the place where you don't need someone, right. you know, mm. living with you. So um, so that for us, that's a really important distinction is to say Fionn um, lives independently with support. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so I guess that's a good segue. Obviously, I mentioned before how um, I I gotta stop saying obviously. By the way, that's just a note to self. That'll be taken out in the edit. I wasn't said obviously about fifty times. But um, you know, you're scared about people being chromosome deficient. I don't mean this in any sort of a. I, I'm just curious, and I I want to be careful how I say it because I don't want to upset anyone's feelings. But um, being different. How how does that shape your your kind of outlook on things? Well, my 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 response to to that is, I'm not really a self advocate. That would be a a real sad. That would be a a, a real sad advocate. <laughs> I am an advocate for all people. <clears throat> who who commonly get excluded, <clears throat> and and my dad, well, he's a real advocate. Yeah, <laughs> can I say something? Yeah, I think when when you when you um caught yourself saying obviously a lot, it made me think of um a I um. Well, a back and forth that Fiona and I have had because you say obviously when you're getting a bit um, short um, sh short on patience with me, and you say yeah. you'll use it like a weapon. Where you say, I say, well, well, why did you do that? And you'll say, well, obviously it's because of this. And um, and I said, you know, well, Fiam, when you say obviously in such a strong way mm. it may not be obvious to me and mm. you're kind of lording it over me that you know stuff that i don't mm. but the simple truth is fion does know a lot of things that, that i don't and i have been so impressed time and again by yeah. how intelligent this fella sitting next to me who's supposed to have an intellectual disability really is and it, and it really makes me wonder what what does it mean when we say that people have an intellectual disability or for that matter what does it mean when we say people have a disability yeah you know i i just don't i i don't think that that's the right thing for us to be doing i think we have to break the habit of saying that people have disabilities or we can just start saying that we all have disabilities yeah. Clearly, you know, we all do, you know, it's just that what, whatever, you know, collection of uh, challenges I have is not defined in that way or the challenges that you have or some of the listen listeners might. Whereas other people who, who do have the label of disability are often extremely capable, you know, yeah. like you are. Yeah. Fionn yeah. I sometimes say is my external hard drive because... <laughs> I'm not very good at remembering people's names, and you really are very yeah. good at it. Yes. So we'll be walking down the street together, and I'll see somebody ahead that's coming toward us 
who I know, but I can't remember their name. And I'll say to Fionn quickly, tell me who that person's name is before they get to us. And, uh, and you're really good at that. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, Fionn, Fionn is, is constantly surprising. And um, oh, oh, well, thank you by that. <laughs> and, I, and I think this this whole idea of disability is um, is problematic. Yeah. yeah. At, the, at the same time, I understand. I mean, I have been um, helped to see that just like race, it's not you. You can't just say, well, let's just forget about race because you know we we have to look at what's happened we have to we have to right the wrongs of history before yeah. we can let it go yeah. and i think that's true with with disability too yeah. that i look forward to a time when we no longer think of people as being in two groups and having yeah. these others who have a disability mm-hmm. but but in the meantime we we do have to make things right for the people who have who have lived under pretty awful conditions for a long time. So that's, that's a big part of, of the kind yeah. of advocacy that we do together. Yes. Yeah. Really, it's really yeah. opened, opened our eyes to, um, to wider issues of social justice yeah. uh, across society. Yeah. 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 And would you say that, you know, you were saying something, and forgive me if I'm uh, misquoting you, You know, if you're a creator or an artist or anyone who just wants to better yourself, consider hitting up my guy, Bobby Hook. He's been training me now for the last week. And it's not just me, it's we. Every morning he's there with a message, a bit of inspiration, a bit of motivation. He gives me custom workouts, nutritional guidance, and he's a huge sponsor of the podcast. So thanks very much, Bobby Hook. If you guys want to get trained trained by Bobby... It's at bobby.hook on Instagram, H-O-O-C-K. He's the main sponsor of the program. He's only got limited spots. If you want to get trained by him, he has limited spots. Tell him Paddy Moore from Ireland and Beyond podcast sent you. Thank you once again, Bobby Hook. We missed something there. Oh, yeah. Uh, I was just saying, forgive me if I've uh, misspoken, but you were saying something along the lines of people living in um, poor conditions. Yeah. Mm. Because because of the way society treats them. Do you think that uh, perhaps out of general ignorance or perhaps out of I don't know what, do you think if people didn't have advocacy groups um, like what you guys are doing, that society would would be a pretty rough place, I'd imagine. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I mean I, I, on the one hand, I say, of course, that's true, and that it's, it's really important that there are um, organizations mm. that are working for people. Um, but at the same time, we have a bit of a problem with the very notion of charity. I mean, not not the concept as a as a virtue, but rather yes. as an as a as a group of organizations that are called charities. Yeah. So, what what would you say about that, Fionn? Well, even the the very name, for example, the brothers 
of charity. It's basically what we call brotherhood of charity. What I'm talking about, like, the priest or the monks of charity or something. Right, right. Which, and, which maybe was fine once upon a time. Right, but, but even the very notion of the, the word charity in that concept, um, well, again, charity in that sense, are one, they are basically Catholic, they are Catholic church groups, Catholic church yeah, well, that's charity. Right. So there's the whole issue of, of how much the the church traditionally has had influence in Irish government and the, yeah. the problems with that. You could say historically maybe the benefits of it as well. But um, but I think in a more general sense, for me, charity makes me think of... Um, of begging, right? Yeah, on the one hand, and, and beggars and, and being merciful. This. Yeah, it's kind of like the haves, the haves um, giving a little something to the have-nots, and you know, people are people. So if if someone is a have and someone is a have-not, that there's a problem right there, and it's not the it's not the fault of the have-not that the haves have too much, you know. So yeah. so really, you know, charity it makes people who are providing the charity feel good about themselves and yes. and uh, and i just i think we need to break that yeah. way of thinking of things and uh, this kind of patriarchal uh, notion so when we um were starting our company yeah we we had to um we we um we had to choose what kind of a company we would be and there was some advice that we should set it up as a charity because mm -hmm. we didn't want to be a sort of a um, a corporate for-profit, like it wasn't just about making money. That wasn't even in the top three in terms of the reasons why we were starting the organization. Yeah, that's true. So, um, so we found this idea of a social enterprise. And uh, rather than say we are a charity and sort of going down that road, we decided, mm -hmm. well, we like the sound of that social enterprise thing. Yeah. Because a social enterprise can be can do some of the same things. It's it has social good in its contract, but it can make a bit of profit too. So yeah. you know, it, it's a much better thing. Yes, and can I and can I turn the table back on you and ask you a, a question? If Patty doesn't mind. Yeah, yeah. if you More don't don't mind, like Patty. Um, on these social enterprises that, that they are more of these charity slash business hybrids? Yeah, in a, in a lot of ways they are because they have the kind of the... So corporations are, you know, first and foremost to make money, right? Yep. That's what they exist for. And in fact, yeah. That's you know they're kind of limited in their scope. Everything that they do is about turning turning profit, and um, charities supposedly are all about helping people. And supposedly they're not to help the people who are running the charities. But of course we know there have been scandals in recent years about just how much compensation the people at the top of many charities get. Why do they live so? high on the hog but in mm -hmm. but in um in theory at least 
charities mm. are supposed to be yeah. altruistic. And, um, and this idea of a social enterprise is combining the best aspects of both. So yeah. um, we don't, yeah. like our company, our social enterprise, we, yeah. we don't, um, it, it does fine. Like we're, well, it's, yeah. it's, it's um, allowed us to travel around the world, you know, so that's been pretty amazing. Yeah. But at the same time, we're not putting a lot of money in our pockets. But if it were to become very successful financially, I'd have no problem putting the money into our pockets, you know. Yeah. And we and we would always continue to um, to be concerned with, uh, well, first of all, helping Fionn have a great life. Yeah. That was that's the goal of that's the number one goal of the company. Yeah. But what's the number two goal of the company, Fionn? Um, so the number two is the telling of the of the story and sharing the story. Yeah. Why? Um, because we want to. Well, we we want to help other. We we, we want to help other fam other families. Yeah, other families, other individuals yeah. who experience disability or other challenges. Yeah. Um, to, to have great lives, so we yeah. think some of our uh, some of in our story are lots of um, ideas and perhaps lessons, and there's a lot of um, faults. We've made a lot of mistakes along the way, but I think that um, I, th I yeah. think that there's also um, inspiration in it, and I I understand that that's problematic too. That this idea of Oh, people just tune in so they can feel good, and then they go and do their whatever they do, you know, without being affected by it, really. But that's not inspiration. Inspiration means to breathe in. Yeah. And if you if you really if we're if we're influencing anybody, that shows in their actions, not just yes. how they feel. You know, if yeah. you want to feel good, drink a cup of hot cocoa. You yes, know. that but, kind of thing. But but the inspiration we offer is changing people yeah we hope or inspiring people or you know encouraging encouraging people to take risks and to do big things yeah yeah it, it definitely is kind of encouraging and uh, i'm happy to share my platform with you guys and the hot cocoa analogy is actually good because in a way it kind of ties back to this notion of charity having to be altruistic but then charities as we know them often end up being you know used for money laundering and all that donation money doesn't actually go to the people that they're allegedly donating to and then when it does it's more so about you know the the high and mighty can like oh i fed the plebs today you know what i mean um, yeah exactly we have some direct experience of that too. On one of our trips, we spent about a month in Tanzania in Dar es Salaam, and uh, there, there's a place. One part of Dar es Salaam is co it's called the Peninsula, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. And it, the um, the rent. Okay, so Dar es Salaam, like a lot of uh, um, parts of the south of the global south. Um, you know, everything is uh, less expensive because wages are so much less. But the rents on the peninsula are equal to the rents in Paris. Oh, and the God. reason is it's the place where all the people working for the European and American NGOs live while they're stationed in Africa. So they live in these 
made where they're going. They eat, they you know go to nice cafes and they they can you can buy cheese in the shops in Dar es Salaam in the peninsula. It's the only part of of uh, Tanzania where you can buy cheese because it's not something that people typically would eat. But the Europeans yeah. need their cheese. And they're paid the they're paid by their organizations back home like a hardship wage for when they spend their year or two in Africa. They're often paid their salary plus half again their salary. Yeah. And it's ridiculous because they can live for so little money if they just lived like the people in Africa. But they don't. They live high on the hog or they or they bank it all while they're doing this quote hard work of uh living with people in um you know in a different world entirely and it just it's 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 a lot of waste and it doesn't really work and we now think twice about uh making cash donations to organizations that advertise on television around christmas time because we know how much of that money is just eaten up by the infrastructure of those organizations yeah and even like when we're out busking at Christmas or whatever, and the shakers are out there, they're getting commission, which is kind of wrong yeah. because, oh, if if the organization can afford to pay people commission, then perhaps instead of paying people to shake buckets for you, why not just directly affect the people? Like it's, it is, um, it's a, it's definitely uh, frustrating to see, and the fact that we know this, but people just kind of accept it or maybe or maybe more people yeah. are ignorant than than i believe but well the the flip side of that is that you know these organizations are there to point to the problems that that exist in society and i think in that way they do us a service that they they wake us up to things like homelessness and the the plight of of uh you know asylum seekers and 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 so many mm -hmm. things and they the um, unfair structure that we have when you look at men and women and how um, how society is is set up. So I think that's a really important service that and um, a lot of people are looking for ways to help. And you know, some of it surely is helpful. Um, yeah, but, like Down syndrome Galway, like they want to help pe pe people with. Down syndrome, like myself and working the book yeah, to have yeah. great lives. I think they do. Yeah. So that's so you know it's 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 not to say we're we're anti charity, right? <laughs> but um, especially not again the virtue of charity. I think is so important for us to open our hearts to our neighbors and to really ask the question. You know, the Grail question of what ails thee. You know what? What is what? What can I do? How can I make your life better? And I think we—it's uncomfortable and it's awkward yeah. to ask some of that someone that question. Yeah, and it's kind of scary to put yourself out there and be vulnerable and say, you know, I am actually wanting to listen to you. But I think, yeah. you know, as much as that happens, and and Fionn is like a magnet for that. Like that's that's one of the things that I've seen is that. Young brings out a lot of goodness in people. Yeah. So, um, you know, you've got someone who, as I say, is is an expert at 
um, in the field of goodness, Damien Dempsey, when he yeah. met Fionn, he said, Fionn said, uh, he asked him, you asked him your interview question. I did, yeah. What do you love about your life? And Damien said, after a moment of thinking, I really love to swim. I th I'm, gonna, I'm planning to swim before the concert tonight. Would you like to go with me, Fionn? And <laughs> So the two of you went off into yeah. Lockdurg. Well, of course, I said yes, because because he's demo. Yeah. <laughs> and we had a lovely afternoon. And then at that night's concert, Damien said on stage, well, I want to dedicate this next song to my new friend, Fionn, and his father, Jonathan, and his mother, Veronica. And yeah. I'm thinking, how does he remember our names? You know? Yeah. And and after the show, he said to Fionn, uh, "You you have a lifelong pass to all my shows, you know." And and we have taken him up on that more than a few times. Oh, we have. Yeah. So he, he's just you know he he's a wonderful guy, and I yeah. don't think if it had been me that was saying, "Oh, Demo, you want to go for a swim?" <laughs> he's a lovely fella, but you know what I mean. There's something about you, Fionn, that yeah. that, uh, that opens up hearts. Yes. Yeah. Oh, there, there definitely is, you know, I know a, I've met a lot of strangers and there is something about, you know, you've always got this um, personality that is just so approachable and warm. And then you talk to you, you're great crack. Like, I don't know who would not ha be left by a good impression with, with Fionn, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, it's funny, you were actually talking about, uh, oh, never mind, I'm getting confused with my lecturer that was chewing my ear off for 45 minutes, I'll cut that bit out, but he was talking about how he started swimming <laughs> as well, and, uh, I don't know if you know this, but over the summer I put out a video called Summer's Coming Back Again, and I actually had the fiddle player from the Water Boys, mm. Steve Wickham, join, so that was very cool. Forever indebted to him. For yeah, oh, we really enjoyed it. But that, yeah, that we congratulations. Yeah, congratulations, Paddy. Thank you. We'll have to maybe get you to learn the fiddle part, and hopefully, when all this is safe and over with, maybe have a jam session or something. I'd like that. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah. But, um, what's it called? The video. At the start of the video, there's a bunch of people swimming around in the beach. And that was Port Marnock Beach. And that's actually the beach that Damien Dempsey himself swims in all the time. And it was through him that I got involved in, I guess you would call it, a bit of a, a social... Um, what, what's the word you use instead of charity? It's like... Um, social enterprise. Yeah. So I got involved in a bit of social enterprise with that. So... I had the guys and girls dancing around in the song or whatever. They sent me their clips. It was great. And then we ended up raising 100 euro for them to fight the court case because they wanted to put a sewage plant in Dublin Bay and people would literally be swimming in, and excuse my swear words now, but people would literally be in the shit. And so that angered yeah. me because yeah. even though I live here in Galway, that's still Ireland. Like we're all Irish people at the end of the day. So I don't want a sewage yeah. plant going in yeah. and ruining the beach. So I got involved with that. But no, exactly. uh, you're going to have to go up and oh, take a dip great. in Port Marnock yeah. now too. <laughs> <laughs> if they were successful, we will. Yeah. yeah. 
I want to go there myself. It looks it looks beautiful with all the. I still follow all the swimmers in the video. They followed my Instagram, so I follow them back. And every morning, even in the cold, they're going out swimming every morning. Like it's it's a great thing to see. I yeah. wish I could do yeah, that. But... Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we had we we decided in about mid October that we were going to give it a rest because. Yeah. The temperature just keep kept dropping and dropping and and but now we're kind of missing it and wondering yeah. if because the the ocean of course won't really the temperature doesn't rise much until about May um, yeah. but that's a long time to wait yeah. so we're thinking maybe we're just going to tough it out there are at least a couple of people that we see down there every day swimming yeah and uh, we're a little bit envious of them <laughs> yeah <laughs> so we'll see yeah I myself uh, I was never much into uh, really fitness or anything. And um, mm. I find that the lockdown mentally just kind of drives me crazy because you're staring at a computer screen all day and then you've got homework because I'm a student Then you've got homework and that's also online. So I just started uh, because of my ego, my brother wanted to see how much I could bench press. And to my surprise, even though I'm a big fella, you'd think I'd have natural muscle. No, nah, I could barely bench the bar. <laughs> so um, I've started lifting weights now, but... It's the same thing with the swimming for you guys. Every morning, I just want to get up and, and, and lift the weights, even though before I started doing yeah. it, I was like, yeah. this is dumb. This is repetitive. What's the point of picking something up and putting it down again and picking it up? And, but uh, yeah, sometimes <laughs> the simplest thing in life can bring you the most joy. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and, and habits are things that we... We, once you get a habit going, it's harder not to do it than it is to to continue to do it. So it's it's hard to start new habits, of course. But once you get into the flow of of a habit, um, then it's just it just becomes something that it's easier just to keep doing rather than to not do. And unfortunately, of course, so many of the habits that we create for ourselves are ones that we shouldn't be doing yeah. but uh but but when we when we kind of apply ourselves yeah. and say well here's a habit i really want to cultivate then um and that can be so much better and i think i mean i it might be a bit of a stretch to say that you know looking at the world uh optimistically it can be a habit as well yeah. like i i just i just think that it's it's really useful that um, one of the things that made us successful is both that we expect to be successful and yeah. also a little bit naively even, and, yeah. and maybe our own definition of success is kind of playful, you know, so, um, so we, we, don't, we don't define success just in terms of finance or, or something like that. Just if, 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 we, if yeah. we feel good or we get a nice comment from someone or we make someone smile, then that's success. Yeah. And and the other thing is simply to say that um, when you when you expect things to go when you expect things to go well, they will go well. That's that's yeah. the one point. I guess that's the main thing. Yeah. Um, um so speaking of physical activities, you have to said to me one of the times when, when I was up the very kind the Oh no, I lost them. Yeah. No. no. Okay, I, I don't know where we stopped, but I think you got 
we, we got to the end of a question, didn't we? Yeah. So, Fionn, you were about yeah. to start talking. Uh, you were going to say something to Jonathan about physical activities. Yeah, well, I was. Yeah. To be honest, I told him, let's not go there. Oh. <laughs> yeah. It's one of those after dark activities, isn't it? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it, it was a comment on the lack of activity. What do you oh. Oh yeah. When you when you mentioned weightlifting, Fionn said, "Oh yeah, and you hate gyms." And I said, "Yeah, we don't really need to talk about that." <laughs> yeah. Oh, believe me, I share your hatred for gyms as well. Our, you see, the setup we have, the bar is made out of a trampoline bar and it's filled with concrete, and then the plates themselves are also made out of concrete as well, and the rack is two pieces of scaffolding. So, a lot cheaper than getting your uh, CrossFit memberships. Huh. That sounds brilliant. Yeah. I think I still wouldn't like it though. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's awful. I like it's kind of what you said about building habits. When I first started doing this, like everyone I know was mad into weightlifting and stuff. And they asked me, Do you like it? Do you like it? I'm like, no, I hate it, but I kept at it because in my mind it's like brushing your teeth. If you keep brushing your teeth every day, right. if you stop brushing your teeth for a day, you're gonna be worried about getting yellow teeth or what have you, so or a cavity, so exactly. No, I like it now. Yeah, of yeah. that's brilliant. Mm. Oh, yeah. So, I've got just kind of two more questions in wrapping because we're coming up on an hour and it's been fun. Mm -hmm. Um, where does the future of Fionathan lie? Well, um. So one, one of our colleagues, we do a lot of work at universities uh, with either guest lectures to um, college students yeah. or um, giving talks at conferences and things like that. So that's actually something that has continued with the pandemic, although, of course, now most of it is online. Yeah. Um, we don't like it as much to give lectures online, but on the other hand, Potentially, we can give them around the world. So that's that's a, a plus. Yeah. But anyway, one one of our colleagues there said, pointed out that we have a high level of comfort with risk, and that that's something that is, I think, a, a kind of a keynote of our project, is that we we don't know yeah. what's going to happen next in a sense. And when we started, I said, look, Fionn, what I'd like to do with you is figure out what it is that you want to do with your life. And I used to ask I used to ask you as a teenager, yeah. um, what do you want to be when you grow up? And sometimes you'd say, I want to be the next David Attenborough. Say, okay, then we should look at wildlife and learn about making films and, and all of this. But then I'd ask you another time and you'd say, well, I want to be a professional musician. I want to travel the yeah. world playing music. And I'd say, okay, well, then we should figure out what, what being a musician is, is like. And oh, But yeah. you like six different things and, and mm -hmm. another eight smaller things. So you really should choose one and follow it. And then I thought twice and I said, but why? Why don't we just 
do a little bit of each of these because it's not about reaching some goal. So it doesn't matter how slowly we go down any of these paths. So why don't we go down a whole bunch of paths? Right. And one of the projects that we came up with, because Fionn's interested in filmmaking, is this interview series where you came up with the question. Yeah. What's it, what is the question? <laughs> the, the question I, I asked people is, what do you love about your life? And I thought, well, why don't you ask people who are successful in the various realms in the various fields of interest that you have. Yeah. And so Fiona's has now done um, oh, about 600 yeah. of these interviews. And a lot of them are with celebrities, which is kind of fun. So a yeah. lot of people, um, a lot of Irish musicians or yeah. musicians from America, other parts of the world, a lot of filmmakers, actors, actresses. One of our videos on our What Do You Love About Your Life channel has... A million views just this month. So that's kind of a big deal. And um, you want to guess who that is? I'll tell you, it's an Irish actor. I actually know the answer, would you believe it or not? It, rhymes with, it rhymes with Gillian Smurphy. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it does. Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny because it's, it's such a bad video on so many levels. <laughs> First of all, the camera work is pretty horrible. I'm, I'm jostling my phone all over the place. Secondly, in the middle of the interview, or as soon as Killian starts to answer the question, it was in the National Concert Hall after a Damien Dempsey concert, and we were waiting to go backstage, and there was Killian Murphy also waiting to go backstage. So we walked up and asked if he would do the yeah. interview. Fiona asked the question, and as he's answering woman comes over the the intercom system to say something really loudly and finishes just about the same time Killian does. And then he said, I'm sure you've had much better answers than that one, Fionn. And you said... <clears throat> and I said, and I said, of course. <laughs> Which was kind of horrible, but then again, it's, it's kind of brilliant, because that's just... Fionn's very honest, and he just says whatever comes... <laughs> to his mind. But anyway, for some reason, and I think after five years online, that video is just something to do with the YouTube algorithm that it's that it's suddenly hit. It's gone viral. And um, and that's a lot of fun. But uh, anyway, so we do a lot of different projects and, and that's kind of just following your lead. Yeah. Right. And if you never says, I don't like painting anymore. I don't want to. I don't want to do this work, or I don't want to play music anymore. Whatever it might be, we would just, you know, shift along the way. Um, so, in terms of plans for this year, I, I would mention a couple of things. One really important one is zoosophy. Yeah. Right. And what is yes. that? <clears throat> well, actually, so the translation of zoosophy because that's a Latin word. Uh, what, what, that we made up, right? Combining yeah, the yes, pieces. That's right, yeah. So the translation of Jurassic is, an, is, is animal wisdom or the wisdom of animals. Right. And so we want to do um, sort of a media project. It'll be 
but we hope to do a podcast as well as um, uh, videos um, all about animals and about people's interaction with animals. Yeah. So that's probably going to come. We're going we're gonna to launch that about the middle of the year. And then um, one other big project has to do with, it's a research project around uh, people with Down syndrome and these organizations that we were talking about that, are, that exist in the world to help people with Down syndrome and their families. And what we're noticing is it's very unusual, in our experience anyway, yeah. for these organizations to have, to, first of all, to pay anybody with Down syndrome to work in the organization, let alone having somebody leading the organization who has lived experience of Down syndrome. Yeah. And if you go back far enough, you find that like organizations to help um, African Americans or to help um, women, like like a women's college, they were they the president was a man or the yeah. president was a was a white man, you know, and and so at some point, um, only a few decades back, people said these organizations that are supposed to help people with racial equality or with uh, gender equality and such should be led by the people that they are um, advocating for. But with Down syndrome and with intellectual disability, that hasn't happened yet. So we're going to... Um, we're going to do a research project partly to find out if we're wrong and that, in fact, there's a lot of CEOs of Down syndrome organizations yeah. that have Down syndrome. And if we're not wrong, well, if people are a little bit made uncomfortable or embarrassed by us asking the questions and pointing right. out the facts, that's fine, too. That's, so that's a, that's a whole other project, Yeah, Down syndrome leadership. And... Um, and we've got another eight that I could tell you about. But for now, that's uh, that's what we have in the future. Yeah. You guys also uh, started a Patreon there recently as well, I believe, right? We did, indeed. Yes. Yeah. So um, we, we, we're, we're recording this in January. We haven't worked out all the um, all the kinks. We, we don't know... Um, and you know what all the what the bells and whistles will be, but um, by the time you're hearing this, it it will definitely be live, and we'd love you to come and you listeners to come and check it out. And we, you know, we got we're on all the socials and such, and our Patreon and all the other ways you can follow us is really simple. If you remember one word, and Fionn's going to spell it for you. Yes. So the so. The word is Fionathan, and the spelling is F-I-O-N-N-A-T-H-A-N. And of course, that word is um, is a, a uh, portmanteau of Fionn yeah. and Jonathan, but it also, as you said, Patty, pronounced quite a bit like Fionathan. And yeah. um, and the other thing is, do you do you know much Irish, Patty? You're gone. I know a small bit, but I wouldn't be fluent. You know more than we, but yeah. <laughs> but we, we did learn that the. Have you heard the word? How do you, I'm going to let Fiam pronounce it. Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. The Irish name is Canachtan. It sounds familiar. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how common the word is, but but the meaning is discovery. Yeah. 
when we uh, introduced ourselves to to someone who speaks Irish often, she said, oh, you named yourselves because of the Irish word discovery. And we said, no, we had a whole different reason for, for naming ourselves that. But it's wonderful to realize how close those two words are because yeah. the idea of our organization being all about discovery fits really nicely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, Fionn, now I'm going to spin it all back on you and I'm going to ask you your question. Hi. What do you love about your life? Mm. Well, I can think of two things right now what I love about my life and that's travel and interdependence. Do you want to so define you... maybe interdependence for people that don't mm. know what that means? Sure, of course. So, so independence uh, is what people often think of. Well, actually, so the goal is, is interdependence. But the, but the tool to use to get to interdependence is independence. So basically, independence is a tool to get to the goal of interdependence. Yeah, a lot of people misunderstand that one, don't they? Yes. And they people people with people who want to help people with quote disability unquote are often um, are often going on and on about the importance of independence. And when we sort of when we thought that through, I mean, independence is great, right? We all want to be able to do whatever we want to do. But then again, like that's not life. That's not a, that's not a full life. Um, just being free, right? Free to do. It's it's like we were talking about habits before. Like habits are make you unfree. Yes. But that's what we need to be able to do a, do life. We want uh, responsibilities and we want relationships. We want people who count on us. That makes us unfree because you know. Somebody's expecting us to show up for for dinner or to make the dinner, you know, yeah. for somebody else. And so that kind of we, we want to be able to choose in what ways we're dependent yeah. on people and people are dependent on us. So yeah. so this concept of interdependence yeah. that's freely chosen. Yeah, like so it don't yeah. So for Interdependence just means that that you interdepend on on family, friends, and and your and your and your neighbors um, as well, and that they can depend on you. Yeah. Too, right. Yes. So it only really comes about through in independence, but independence is not the end of the story. Right. right. No one yeah. wants to be Robinson Crusoe, you know, living on an island all to themselves. Right. So when you say the answer to Patty's question of what, what do you love about your life? And yeah. you say you love the interdependence that yeah. you have. Good answer. Yeah. yeah. That is a great answer. And with that, my work here is done. I've had a great pleasure of 
talking to you guys for the last hour and a bit, and I just want the listeners to know that you couldn't meet a more patient bunch. Last night at half ten, I was told that I had a dissertation meeting and I couldn't get out of it, and then that went overboard, and um, and they were here, and then my mic didn't work, and they waited for the mic, and if it was anyone else, they'd be rushing it or they'd want to reschedule. So just really thank you guys for making this happen. It's been a blast, and um, I look forward to whatever the future is. Oh, you're all right, you Patty. Yeah, you are, Patty. We really enjoyed it. Thank you so much for having us on, and we look forward yeah. to uh, to collaborating in, in other ways in the future. Please, God. Yeah. Yes. You rock, Paddy. Rock on. Rock on. That's, that's a good one. Rock on. We'll all rock on. So...